Support for Sponsor Talk and the following message come from Sponsor CX. If you're looking for an innovative, intuitive, and simple way to manage your sponsorships, look no further than this sponsorship management software. Sign up for a demo today and find out how easy it is to manage your sponsors. Learn more at www.sponsorcx.com. Welcome to the Sponsor Talk Podcast, where we interview some of the leading minds in the world of sponsorship marketing and discover the various ways of how brands interact with properties within sports, film, music, the arts, you name it. I'm today's co-host, Avish Sood. You can follow me at Avish Sood on Twitter to engage with our Sponsor Talk community. And hopefully today you've learned something new about the industry and it keeps challenging you to think differently. And hopefully today's conversation is really enlightening. I know that I'm very excited about today's guest, who is Roger Jones, Director of Corporate Partnerships for the Cleveland Browns. So Roger, thank you uh, for joining us. Avish, listen, I appreciate it. Uh, this has been long coming, right? You know, I've, we've been connected for so long. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably more excited to be on, you know, so I'm excited <laughs> for our conversation, excited uh, to laugh and chat and, you know, uh, lend some insight to, uh, to the industry in my role. Yeah, no, and, and you're someone I definitely wanted to bring on the show for a little while. So appreciate you making the time and, and hopefully it's a more uh, recurring thing for us. Hey, listen, anytime you want. I, I got time <laughs> for you, buddy. <laughs> All right, appreciate it, buddy. So, hey, listen, I want to start off with your career. So you went to Ohio U, um, professional sports management program, really well known. But then you kind of went to Indiana, uh, Akron, Maryland, Georgetown, and now you're back in Ohio. So you're with the Cleveland Browns, the hometown team. Tell us what the journey has been like and, and what is that like coming full circle back to where it all started? Yeah, Avish, listen, you know, first off, LeBron James is like my favorite athlete. So apparently mm-hmm. I'm just trying to like get as many miles as he's got, you know, in his <laughs> career. So, yeah, no, like you said, listen, I was I was baby faced, young you know, coming out of OU, you know, just eager to get into the industry. And it's so funny. I, I actually, as a freshman, was undecided with pre-med focus, right? So I thought I was going to be a doctor. Um, and then all of a sudden, I was introduced to sport management and introduced that OU had the number one, you know, sport management program. And I was like, wait, you can work in sports? Like, and they pay you? I was like, yeah, let's let's do it. Like, let's switch to that major real quick. Um, Your parents must have been like, we almost had a doctor. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> my mom's a nurse. My fiance's a nurse. You know, like, they're, they're like, oh, but wait, what are you doing? What, uh-huh. Come on. So <laughs> I, I kid you not. Um, I mean, I, I love it, right? You know, obviously, I, I played sports. Um, I know you who. Um, so I just switched to, switched to uh, uh, major and you know, it opened my eyes. And honestly, I tried everything, right? You know, facilities, ticket sales, marketing. And then obviously I fell in love with corporate partnerships, right? Because for me, it's like you can get your hands in a little bit of everything, but you're creating, right? And you're building relationships. And that, that's what excited me. And like you said, you know, I, was, I had the ability to go, uh, go back home to Akron. You know, I, I grew up in Cleveland and Shaker Heights, went to high school out in Akron and Cuyahoga Falls. Um, and, you know, I was able to work at the University of Akron, be home, uh, be close to family, and, and it really excelled my career. You know, I, I was mm-hmm. fortunate, 
you know, and you know this, you know, we're, we are, we're the products of the people around us, right? Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate to have some great mentors who, who really steered me in the right way and really told me like how to like grow in the industry. And it was really based on relationships, right? You know, mm -hmm. regardless of the brand and how the, the scale of the business that we're talking to, the person in front of us is the most important thing, right? They have goals, they have objectives. And, you know, one of my favorite things I like to ask, you know, when I, when I talk to, to my clients or my partners is, how do you get promoted, right? Mm -hmm. What's your personal goals? Um, because I want that relationship to be uh, authentic. Um, and then, you know what, I, I, after Akron, I said, you know what, I've been in Ohio most of my life. Let's try something different. Um, and I had a buddy down who lived down in D.C. And I, I remember he sent me uh, the job at Maryland. And I just picked up the phone, called the GM. We talked for 45 minutes. And literally 48 hours, I had an offer. And like it's the next or that following weekend, I was in a U-Haul driving down to Maryland. I, so I, so I, did you know the GM before? Because he, he answered your call? I did not. For 45 minutes? I, I kid you not. I didn't. I, I looked. I was on the website. I saw his, his number, his office uh -huh. number. Fortunately, he was in. I picked up the phone. I called him. He answered. We talked for 45 minutes. I, that, like, that's so is, foreign in 2021. Like it, people it, picking up the phone. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was great. I, I mean, and here's the thing. And he obviously loved it. He's like, whoa, this guy's willing to pick up a phone and do a blind cold call for a mm -hmm. job. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy's obviously going to pick up the phone and, and you know, and, and call brands and, and marketing, you know, decision makers. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, it was great. I kid you not. I did it on the way. I, you know, I, I picked, I, I literally had a trailer hitch, U-Haul trailer hitch, packed all my stuff. I'm driving down. I'm driving down on my way to Maryland. I call an apartment place <laughs> to get an apartment as I'm driving down uh, the five hours that it took me to get down there. So, like it was, it was just like, you know what, let's do it. Let's change, let's change up the scenery. Let's, let's make this life move. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the better decisions. Once I got to Maryland, I learned so much and it was just a different environment, right? You know, Akron was home. I knew, mm -hmm. I knew a lot of people had a lot of different relationships. I knew the area. I knew the players in, in the market who was marketing. I go to Maryland. I know nothing about the school. You know, they just got to the Big Ten, you know, mm -hmm. only a couple of years ago. You know, they're really not accepted in the Big Ten and the ACC hates them, you know. And, and a lot of fans were, you know, still not sure how they felt about it. I, I didn't know where to live. I didn't know uh, anyone. There. And I had to, you know, just go in the market. I had to mm -hmm. learn. You know, I did GPS everything. I had to go sort of, well, you can't do it now, but, you know, I had to shake hands and kiss babies, so to speak. Um, and I loved it. I mean, it was so refreshing. It, it really was more grassroots mm -hmm. and it, it, it sort of, you know, um, opened this personality in myself. So, uh, it was great. And then obviously I grew from there, uh, transitioned to Georgetown. I had, uh, one of my mentors, uh, take the VP job over there and bring me over. Um, and then that really just helped me fine tune sort of my skills, right? Um, being at Georgetown, understanding the private, you know, private university side of things, um, understanding more of a higher level of, of how to operate. And then, you know, honestly, I was just at my computer. COVID hits, right? We're all working mm -hmm. virtual. 
And I had a buddy of mine, and you probably know Jared, Jared Nobles, you know, from the Chargers, mm-hmm. reach out to me mm-hmm. about the Browns job. And he basically, I kid you not, he texted me, he goes, bro, this is you. And I, I looked at it, and I was like, oh, man, you know what? This cool, obviously, dream job, love the Browns, all this stuff. But, man, I don't know. Like, I'm good where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he goes, no, nah, I already sent you the resume. They're going to be calling you. And I, I'm like, I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, Jared. I'm like, Jared. Uh, so obviously, you know, I, I, I have to take the call. You know, I got to talk to him. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. Huge fan. I, born and raised in Cleveland. You know, Avish, I, I think you know my story. My mom, like, my mom almost hurt, like, gave birth to me and my twin brother at a Browns game. Huge fan, right? So... I, you know, obviously thinking the Browns, there's emotional side to it, hmm. but at, I was really good where I was at at Georgetown and in Fox Sports. But I kid you not, after talking to my now boss David Safer, after talking to a bunch of folks, and after talking to our CRO, I, I was like, I have to make this move. I have to come back. I have to like the, what the organization, what they're putting in place here in Cleveland. I said hmm. I have to be a part of it. Because it's it's exactly what I'm seeking, right? Um, not just to get out of my career, but seeking to make the impact um, here in my hometown in, in Cleveland. So that's really that's really how I got here, man. That's really how the uh, the journey, even though the, all the turns and weaves and and had to go, you know, different ways, you know, it got me here, and you know, I'm I'm really happy to be in the seat. But you know what, man, it's it's so important for people to be reminded that careers aren't linear paths, right? Wow. You're going, you're doing all these side turns, but at the same time, um, things work out for reasons that you might not understand as well. Um, I'm really interested in how you split the fandom with the work that you're doing, because this is not necessarily um, an easy thing to do for a lot of people. But how, how do you handle that? Yeah, Honestly, I never wanted to work for a team that I love. Mm-hmm. I, I learned that early on. I never wanted to do it because it was easier, to your point, to just focus on business, right? Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, support the team and, you know, yeah, the team does well, um, but not get too invested. Um, honestly, I'm still working at it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm still working at it. I am so Cleveland, right? Cleveland, people in Cleveland and, and fans of Cleveland understand this. Like, we love our city. We love our sports teams. And honestly, what I'm doing is I'm trying to turn that passion into a way to connect and say, hey, yes, we're, we're the Browns. Yes, I, I work for the Browns, and it's great. But I want to figure out a way that we can partner together to work for Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. It's more of a building, turning that fandom into the city and into our region um, and saying that I want to use – my my position at the Browns and use the power of our brand to create that right so so obviously it's hard for me because as you know I like working in sports you when you're at the the games and stuff we don't really watch right like Mm -hmm. it like we want to watch but we're working we're moving around we're talking we're doing stuff we're not necessarily sitting down actually watching a game so that that is one thing that I miss and it's hard I'm still trying to balance that but for me, being around that energy and being around and talking to people who have the same feelings about this organization that I do, mm-hmm. that makes it easier. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I love this role for you in so many ways because 
You talked about the empowerment of the Cleveland community, how it's kind of within you and how you grew up in the area. And it's so ingrained in the Cleveland Browns organization, especially when you think about what's going on now with social equity and, and social justice and making sure that um, people of all races, people within the community all feel that their voices have been heard. And I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's really awesome to see someone that kind of lives and breathes that personally, but then also with the organization and where they're headed as well. Yeah, so I'll tell you the main reason why I took this job. It was two, it was two things. It was two different conversations. So as I'm going through the interview process, uh, one of my conversations, I was told that our ownership and, and D Haslam had, had states this, and this is what they go by. They said, we are stewards of this public organization that the city in, in Ohio, you know, owns, right? Mm -hmm. We're just stewards of this, right? And it's our job to do the best that we can do to provide and help elevate this community, right? Mm -hmm. So for an owner, right? D has them, Jimmy has them to say their job for as long as they're the, 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 the you know, stewards of the Browns organization is to only elevate this brand so that it elevates the community and, and has that impact. To me, I'm like, that, that absolutely. I, I, I want every owner or every you know, president of every company to have that mindset. But so yet it's I, so rare. It's, it's and, so and like rare. Hearing that is awesome because you see a lot more owners moving towards that direction where like they're focused on the consumer, they're focused on enhancing community, but that becomes their number one priority as an organization. That is awesome to hear. And in the, the, the idea that it's intentional, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's authentic and intentional and there's a purpose behind it. And, and, and for me, it's like now you're, you're setting up the foundations for, for not only the organization, organization to thrive, but mm -hmm. everyone up that is a part of a that part community of to mm -hmm. elevate. And I, I love that. Once, when I heard that, I was like, okay, now I'm, now I'm interested. You have my attention. Um, and then my, my conversation with our CRO, um, man, we did not talk about anything about my experiences. You know, he mm -hmm. basically was like, listen, I can look at your LinkedIn. I, I know your references. I like, I, I know people who are your mentors that used to work for me. I know your resume. He's like, I want, I want to know you. I mm. want to know what makes you tick. I want to know what you think about what's going on, you know? And he's like, mm. he's like, listen, I want to hear authentic truth. And we literally, we were set to have a 30 minute call. We talked for 55 minutes. And like, he literally, he, he was like, you know what? No, we're 30 minutes isn't enough. We're let, let's keep going. Let's keep going. And I was, mm. it was great. I was like, if this is someone that I could work for, he wants to hear how I, want to make an impact to Cleveland mm. and what I want to bring to the table and what what's interests me. And he wants to pr help provide me those resources. <sighs> I, Avish, I was like, I have to, I have to get in this role because mm -hmm. now I, the things that I want to do and things I do on the side, mm -hmm. now I can sort of marry that stuff together mm -hmm. and I can make a more direct and deeper impact. Right? Like my goal I always say this. I'm just a kid from Cleveland, right? I shouldn't be here. I, my 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 brothers, my family, you know, a lot of them didn't go to the college. You know, I was the first one in, in my family to graduate. Like, I I kid you not, 
my mom, every time I see her, she's like, I still can't believe you work for the Cleveland Browns. This is mm-hmm. awesome. And, and, and I love that. And it's, but it's, here's the thing. There's so many people like, me. you know, I, I, and I want to be not necessarily, you know, the, the thing they say like, oh my God, this is the reason why I want to get it. No, I just want to open those doors hmm. and show them, show them a pathway and they have to, you know, let them uh, have the ability to walk through it and, and just provide that resource for them. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about a, a couple of the things that you're doing now with the organization. Cause I think, um, I'm seeing that passion. I'm seeing that ingrained into who you are. And at the same time, I feel like some of the initiatives that are with the organization right now and being led, um, especially for Black History Month this month, like I want to talk a little bit about that. So I know that in the last little while, there's been the the hashtag Be the Solution initiative, been really empowering to combat social equity and equality with education first. So can we just talk about um, what that initiative is all about and, and kind of how that was created? Yeah, no. So first off, you know, I got to give kudos to, to everyone in our organization that to who, who were, were, were involved about, you know, come bringing this campaign and be the solution and, and the real, the real genesis of it. And the, the, the thought behind it is, listen, you know, there's a lot of cam- campaigns that, that mean well and, and are good. Um, Cause there's a lot of issues out there, but mm-hmm. you know, no one's talking about the solutions. Right. How do we solve these things? How do we combat these things? And and, you know, we, we were like, let's let's not run from that. Right. Let's not only, you know, tell and try to get people to be the solution. Right. To be a part of this this campaign and movement. But let's provide actual solutions. Right. Actual campaigns that say we're going to address this. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're going to address this um, because we, we I obviously there's a need for it. Right. The conversations I mean, we've seen over the past months, years, just the divisiveness going on. And we're saying we are if we're going to be a true steward and staple of this uh, community, we can't shy away from these conversations. But when mm-hmm. we have these conversations, we have to be solution oriented. Right. We can't just have the conversations and not have a pathway to a result and, and how to fix it. So when we when we came up with this campaign, it's like, okay, what what do we need to do? What do, we identified certain things and say, okay, here's here's the problem. Now here's how we're going to combat that problem, and here's the solution that we're going to do, and here's the campaign. So you know, a lot of a lot of the the be the solution. There's different initiatives, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, this was the perfect uh, February Black History Month was a perfect time for us to announce it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and it to give a little bit more light and, and, and publicity to it. Um, but really what we're trying to do is we're starting conversations mm-hmm. and, and one of our campaigns is building the bridge, right? The city of Cleveland, the, the, the it's people, especially it's, it's black people, black community. Um, and the, the Cleveland police department over the last five years haven't had a great relationship. I mean, we all mm-hmm. remember Tamir Rice, right? Uh, so so we know that we have to build this bridge. So how mm-hmm. are we going to do that, right? We're going to build it around the relationship that Browns have with the Cleveland Police Department, but also the relationship that we have with the Black community. We mm-hmm. want to be that mentorship to, to sort of bridge the gap, start the conversations, 
but do it in a way that we can all listen and see an end goal, right? Mm -hmm. And so that we say, hey, let's work together to get here. Foster these relationships so that we can solve these issues um, and bringing actual, um, you know, civil servants, actual people who can help us build this, right? Because we don't want another Tamir Rice to happen, but that ed the education isn't just toward the community. Education is toward the, the Cleveland Police Department as well. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's toward us, you know, it's for everyone. And we can't have that education and we can't have that movement until we start the conversation. So yeah, and, and for anyone that doesn't know about the build the bridge campaign, like I, I hope you explain a little bit about it because yeah. it's really interesting about how you're approaching high school specifically, people at a young age, because this is really rooted in education and awareness at the early stages so yeah. that you can figure out societal change moving forward, right? Yeah, listen, Avish, our, our youth are, they're next, right? Mm -hmm. Listen, all we can do is provide the education, provide the lessons, provide the information for them to do better than us, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to start with, you know, high schoolers, uh, elementary uh, school kids, middle schoolers, because we want them to do better than we, what we have, right? Let's be honest. We haven't built, we've, 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 we've advanced, but we haven't advanced further. It's up to our youth to take us to that next level, right? So if we can build the program um, and, and have Kareem Hunt, who, who grew up in Lorraine, who grew mm -hmm. up going into the Boys and Girls Club, who, who had, frankly, had run-ins with, you know, police, department, police with, with a police veteran, talking to kids about how, you know, we can work together and, and not just coexist. Like, you know, no, we want to, like, live together. We want to build together and, and move forward. Now what it does is it, it cements um, in these kids' mind that they have the ability and the power, right? We're trying to empower them through education to make these changes and build these relationships. Because guess what? These kids are gonna be our next football players. They're gonna be our next uh, sports marketing uh, experts. They're gonna be our next police officers. They're gonna be our next mayors, right? So starting the conversation early, changing that way of thought, right? Mm -hmm. And opening and, and having the comfortability to have these tough conversations at an early age will allow them to make changes when they, you know, come of age and, and get into these positions of power. And that that's really what the build a bridge is. We we have to start with our youth. And it's all around education, right? It's all around education. And here's the thing too, and you know this. When you were a kid, you go back home and you tell your parents what you learned, right? I'll tell you this. Me and my mom, we don't have exactly a hundred percent views. Uh, mm -hmm. together but when we can sit down and have conversations like we learn from each other right and and just the 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 the, the education that i get back to her that changes her mindset so as, as we teach these you know kids in high school and in, in, in middle school they're going to take this stuff home mm -hmm. they're going to take this information home and now they're going to they're going to start giving their parents these thoughts and they're going, their parents are going to be curious about it and they're going to try to learn more. And that's our hope. Well, I think the, th the thing that you touched upon there is, is also just listening, 
right? So yes. listening to the community, having the players, having the organization engage um, with these local football players, with these local students and hear what their challenges are. And, and obviously Kareem's a great example. Like he's had his own history um, and, and his own feelings about it. Like even just hearing how the kids are expressing themselves, but also sharing how he's changing, how he's approaching it. This is just communication and education for everybody. And I think the more that we realize that not everyone's views are the same, but the more that we listen to each other, the more that we support and encourage each other to open up around them, it, it just makes it a lot easier for us to move forward past these challenges, right? Yeah, and Avish, like, here's the thing, it makes it real, right? Like, we, we, we all know, like, I, I brought up LeBron James, Kareem Hunt. I mean, these guys are like rock stars to us, right? They, they seem so out of reach, mm -hmm. right? And they seem like they, these guys can't have our age problems, right? They're just saying this stuff, you know, to, to, for clickbait or, but, but the truth of the matter is these guys were us, right? Mm -hmm. They just played, the, the, the fact that LeBron can put a, a orange basketball in, in, in a hoop way better than all of us, you know, just made him uh, uh, like a star, right? And made him feel out of reach. But LeBron James grew up in, in Akron. You know, he grew mm -hmm. up in the same streets that I grew up. And, and, you know, I like to tell kids, you know, obviously a, we, we have in this country a lot of kids who think they're going pro, right? You know, mm -hmm. they play sport. I mean, you and I probably thought we, we were good. Oh, totally. I thought I was going to be the mean, next Hooper, right? Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we, we, we scored 25 points in the game. We're like, I'm next, baby. Ron, mm -hmm. you know, or Kyrie. <laughs> but, but I always tell kids, I'm like, listen, you can go pro. You can be a professional in any industry you that want. you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I'm like, I'm like, look at me. I, I'm not LeBron James. I'm not Kareem Hunt. But guess what? I'm, I'm in the front office of the Cleveland Browns organization. Mm -hmm. Didn't think I'd be here. This was not my pathway as, as a young kid, but I did it. I put it in the work. You know, it's, it's about un, or providing uh, a, a more widened view of what success is, especially mm -hmm. in the Black community. Um, and, and I think for us, um, you know, building the bridge too is, is about doing that, right? It's, 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 it's not, we, we, a lot of our communities, you know, we get pigeonholed of what, you know, our abilities are. The only way we can get out is by being, you know, uh, a pro, pro athlete or being, you know, a musician or being, you know, an actor or actress. When the truth is, first off, not necessarily don't need to get out. Mm -hmm. But you can be a successful person and provide back to your community in any industry that you want, you know? Like, you can create your own business. I have my cousin. He owns his own auto shop. Has it, hasn't left Cleveland. He literally lives in East Cleveland. Hasn't left. But he, he's known in the community. He's, he's killing it. Mm -hmm. Never went to college. High school. And you know what? He makes more money than I do. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, no, I love it. So, okay, so I want to touch upon one last thing before we move on the conversation on to a couple other things I want to talk about. But, you know, what, what's some advice that you have? You've navigated the sports industry as, as a person of color. Um, you've obviously you kind of navigated through it with your own challenges with, with how you've experienced it. Well, what's your advice for the next generation of, of BIPOC professionals that are going through this? Yeah, you know, I... I... I, I talk to a lot of a lot of kids and, and even just, you know, uh, people 
in the industry, right? Just mm-hmm. looking to advance and stuff. The, the best advice I have is never stop learning. Like, I, Avish, you know this. Like I was just telling you today, I was listening to some of your old stuff. Man, there's so many people in this industry that it, it, it's such a large industry for, from, from a top level, but it's so intimate, right? Mm-hmm. We can learn from every single person in this industry. And here's the thing. I, I love just having conversations with you, having conversations with a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. I do, and to your point, you brought up listening. I do it just to listen, right? Listen and learn. Because even as you get further in your career, right, you, there's always more to learn. And you and I had a, this conversation a little bit earlier, but like the, the, the industry is changing. Mm-hmm. And it's changing because we're, it's, we're getting more creative we're getting more uh, conscious about our communities. So, so I always tell people, just listen, learn, and be more creative. A lot of, a lot of young people, especially when they're trying to get a job or break into an industry, they don't think that they have something to get or something to offer. And I, I always tell them, I'm saying, no, what are you good at? I, I'm like, I am terrible at social media. I don't have a TikTok. I guarantee there's a, a bunch of kids and a lot of kids that I work with, they, they got TikTok. They know how to uh, run it. I mean, we just saw TikTok just uh, announced with the Portland Timbers as the right. logo, logo partner. Mm-hmm. Like, in my mind, I wouldn't have thought TikTok would, would have done that, right? Mm-hmm. But, but one of the students or these kids might say no because TikTok is trying to do this and that. Like, you have something to give. You have knowledge that I don't have. That's something that's that's valuable. Offer that up when you're when you're engaging someone in the industry. Say, hey, listen, I saw your work at the Cleveland Browns. Here's here's top ten companies moving into Cleveland. Blah blah. I may already know that, mm-hmm. but the fact that you, as a student or you as someone trying to break into industry, also knows that and provides that information to me, that's valuable. Now I'm saying, you know what? I have 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Let me sit and talk to this person. Let me understand and let me learn about them and where they want to go in their career, right? And let me see if I, I can help them. Because you know what they did? Even though I may have had this information, they went out and, and, and wanted to provide a solution to me and, and show me that they have value. If they're willing to do that while they're in school and doing all these other things, you know, I'm going to be willing to take 30 minutes. So I... Real quick to sum up, keep learning, mm-hmm. keep listening, and know your value and show it. You have something to offer. Yeah, I think <laughs> there's so much to take away from that. I think um, I had this conversation with Melissa Proctor over at the, uh, the Atlanta Hawks a long time ago about value-based networking, right? So even if it's perceived value that you're trying to give to someone, always ask yourself as a student or as a person that's learning, how can I give something to this person that I'm going to meet versus receive something? Yep. I think traditionally we've always came with a, a resume. A lot of students still do this and they just want the job, right? Yeah. Think of it in the opposite lens where what value can I bring to this organization? Maybe you're right. Maybe I understand TikTok or social a lot better than anyone else at the organization, Use that to your advantage and share some insights or things that you might find interesting. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I think that's one thing I just took away. 
And then the keep learning thing is obviously very relatable to me. It's why I have this podcast, right? I learn as much from people like you um, in these roles that I, I, I learn from these conversations. And a lot of people think that the platform we're creating um, sometimes could be used to, to build my social profile. It's more for me to learn from you and to, to have these one-on-one -on -one conversations um, because that's not only how other people are learning, but also how I'm learning through this. Uh, absolutely. And here's the thing. So we, we, we learn as an industry. You, you brought up the, you know, obviously we're on the podcast, we're talking, we're, mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're dropping nuggets and, 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 and information and we're learning from each other. But, you know, as, as with the sponsor space, you know, and the other stuff that you're doing and the, the channels that we're in, we all get to learn from each other, right? Yeah, totally. We get to learn. And, and what it's doing is we're growing the industry in the direction that we are sort of creating. We're building that. Like we're the architects of our own career, but we're also, because we're talking to each other, we're networking with a purpose and intention. We're actually growing and, and sort of cultivating the industry in our almost image, right? Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's awesome to see. And I, the one thing I love about our industry is we have so many passionate people who are super creative. And 20 years ago, everyone was like, no, my best practice, my secrets, you know, totally. covering up. Now it's completely different. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a shared space where we're like, hey guys, no, I'm doing something cool here. I wanna share with you guys so that mm -hmm. you guys can succeed too and elevate and, and, and let's like, let's make this a norm, right? It's, it's, it's like, hey, here's the blueprint. Let's do something cool and creative. And then someone may say, hey, no, what if we added this to it? And it's like, yeah. and it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. I, I think you're, you're totally right. It's, it's shifted the industry from how do I protect my secrets? How do I protect the brands that I'm working with? Versus how do we all grow this together, knowing the challenges we're facing and just have more information to share. And that's part of the platform we've created here is, is how do we make things accessible for everyone so that we're on more of a level playing ground and we're, we're really just advancing the industry as a general idea. Yeah, and, and Avish, obviously it just, it, we're, it's like we're not playing games anymore. You know how it mm. used to be like, oh, you got to play the game, right? You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. stick for that, you know, type thing. And it, now it's just like we can have honest and transparent conversations. And, you know, what's what's beautiful for me, you know, I love going in to uh, like a, a, a pitch meeting. Right. And, mm -hmm. and you, you you can see the guardrails already going up. Right. You know, and it's uh, it, for lack of better, you know, it's it's, you know, an old, uh, you know, white guy, you know, who, who's the decision maker. And, you know, he's he's ready for the game. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I sit down and I'm, you know, smiling and I'm I'm, I'm comfortable and laying back. And I'm like, hey, man, here's what we got, you know, and, and so the thing, and he's just like, what? And I'm like, listen, I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to tell, mm -hmm. tell you what, it, if it's not a fit, it's not a fit. Mm -hmm. um, I remember there was a, I was, I forget who I was meeting with, but there was, I was meeting with somebody and he, he was super interested, but he was playing the game. Right. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a fit for us. It wasn't a fit for us. And he was a fan. He was a fan of Georgetown. Mm -hmm. And. I was like, you know what? It literally was in in his office for 15 minutes. And I said, you know what? It's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, this is great, uh, but you know, I don't, I, I just don't think there's a fit. You know, I'm glad you're a fan and all this stuff. You know, I look forward to seeing you at games. Love to host you out one time, but I just don't, I just don't see the fit here. 
And I kid you not, like before I even got to the door, he's like, well, you, well, you know what? We, we have some budget, you know? And he's like, now he's trying to pitch me. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, guys, right, listen, I, I'm not here to take your money. Right. Like I'm trying to build something and, and there's just not synergies. Right. You know? Uh, and, and he just it, flabbergasted. Like it blew his mind that I didn't want, I'm a sales guy. I'm supposed to take his money. Right. You know, and give him what he wants. And I'm like, that's just not how I do par- partnerships. Like that's, okay, but like can we touch upon this? Because I feel like this is somewhere um, where I'm very passionate about is, is that every sports organization is truly a brand, right? Yes. And yep. the, the sooner you look within yourself, figure out what your core purpose is, use your platform for change, th- then all of a sudden you've got partners incoming to pitch you versus you going out and being a sponsorship led organization. I know you're going to, you're going to talk about this, but at the, at the real part of it is how do you treat yourself as a brand first and as a revenue generator, as part of that, but figure out your core purpose as you build it. Right. You just threw me the, the easiest alley ever. And I appreciate that. Listen, I, I'm, it's, it's what I always talk about. And it's what I struggle with early on in my Mm. career. Right. Is because, you know, early on, you know, starting in the early uh, 2010s, you know, it was, we were still just, you know, pick up the smile and dial, pick Mm -hmm. up sales, 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 sales. And Mm -hmm. I remember my first year, like I called everyone in that Cleveland, Akron area, being down doors. And I, I, I said, I was sitting on my couch and I was like, do I even want to do this? Like, Mm -hmm. like this doesn't make sense. And, and I kid you not, I was having conversations, especially with a lot of black owned businesses. And they're like, Roger, like we want to be a part, but like, what's the reason? What's the purpose? Mm-hmm. Like it's, you're just taking our money. Mm-hmm. And I remember my first year, I had so much attrition of people just not renewing because it was really just media buys. Right. Mm-hmm. And they didn't see the art line. And I, I, I just had this like, realization like what 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 is, what am i doing what's my purpose mm-hmm. and i i wanted my boss i'm like dude what do we stand for mm-hmm. what are we trying to do what are we trying to accomplish and that's when i started realizing we have to be more impactful. we to your point we have to look inside as the cleveland browns with with our communities why do we want to impact cleveland how's that going to benefit us i I could, if, if, if Cleveland, if people of Cleveland have less people homeless, mm-hmm. have more people employed, if the people, if the uh, students around Cleveland are going to school more, there's less absenteeism, right, in the city of Cleveland, what do you have? You have more of a fan base that, one, can afford to go to games, can, can afford to buy merchandise, can afford uh, to, to, to open businesses and afford to be partnerships. But it has to start with what we believe in. And we're, we're the top dog in Cleveland. You know, I love the Cavs and love the Indians, but we're, we're that team. We're that organization. We're that brand. Mm-hmm. And if we can't show our investment back into the community and back into the people and try to help them elevate themselves, if that's not our purpose, then then, and our purpose is only to generate revenue and and, and do marketing stuff, 
it's a it's a failed process. Mm-hmm. We've seen it, right? That's where you see it year over year, year you oh one one year they kill it, and then the next year, oh they're, they're no, all their partners go away because there's no p- intention, there's no impactful sort of uh, partnership. Like a partnership is two ways. Mm-hmm. And my I always tell people, I'm like, if we're not, if there's not a end result or a goal for us to achieve. And I'm not talking just generating new ROI or just marketing, you know, in a certain segment. What I'm talking about is, can we actually accomplish something, right? Something intangible that's going to outlast you or me, right? That in 20 years, we're going to see this is still going on and still going on strong. If we, like, that's what we're trying to build because at the, like, we, we have the power to do that. And if we're not doing that, then what are we really doing? Yeah. And you know what? I love that. It's kind of where we're going to end the conversation today. But I think in general, a lot of organizations are starting to look within and saying, how do we move from a platform that is driven around profit to a platform that is driven around impact, community, purpose, and all of that, right? And so when you start building out your brand purpose as a sports organization, you'll notice that partners will naturally align themselves to you. And I think one great example I always reference is the Seattle Kraken built themselves in the last year and haven't even gone on the ice yet, but they have a pretty robust, unique portfolio of partners that are really aligning themselves to the vision that Todd and that team and that organization have built. And so the more organizations that start to realize we might be a hundred year old sports franchise, but that should never take us away from making it so crystal clear about who we are, what we want to do and what our purpose is. And we don't need to necessarily focus on the revenue generation because that will come as we figure out our own internal purpose right yeah yeah and uh, just real quick I, and you brought up cracking it's a and it's a great great example and they're they're really giving us a blueprint right mm. and you know one thing i i hope for the browns and, and um you know for our organization hopefully i could you know be a, a voice in this is i mean with our with the the way our guys played on the field this past year mm-hmm. you know we obviously know what our past is we always we know what the media said about us in the past but there's a there's a unique opportunity for us to to sort of rebrand as an organization and not necessarily a full rebrand, but just tell people who we are. You know, we've done a lot of good stuff in the shadows. It's now it's time to say, hey, we're we're the people's team, right? We're the team that's focused on community. We're that blue collar, just like our city. We're gritty. We're blue collar. But that's who we are and that's who we're going to be regardless of wins or losses or record on the field that's how our organization is going to be about and it starts with community and education first mm-hmm. and then everything else will fall fall apart. And, and remember it's not about changing who you are it's about discovering and being intentional intentional about how you communicate that right Absolutely. so i think this conversation could go on for hours dude but i, I appreciate you coming on <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm so excited to say you're an industry colleague and now a friend um, and, and very excited to see you up in uh, Toronto when, when the time comes. 
Yeah, Vish, definitely. Uh, we'll definitely have to get together once things clear up. Uh, and when you come to the States, you know you always got a place in Cleveland to stay. So uh, appreciate the time, man. This was fun. As always, thanks for listening to today's episode. Make sure to follow us at Sponsor Talk on Twitter and the sponsorship space on LinkedIn to join and engage with our community. Hope you enjoyed today's episode and have a great day.